Welcome to Break Away from the Rat Race, a podcast series to awaken your entrepreneurial spirit and help you achieve financial freedom. On our show, you'll learn about investments and how to create passive income. Let's get started with your host, Eric Martel. All right. Well, uh, I've been speaking to a few people uh, recently, and uh, really what I found out is that a lot of people, maybe it's only here in uh, San Francisco Bay Area, but a lot of people are relying on their house as part of their retirement plan somehow. And uh, I mean, honestly, I mean, I was in the same boat uh, a few years ago and uh, I was thinking, well, I need to, you know, if at retirement, I'm going to move somewhere like very, very cheap and uh, so I can sell the house and do something like that. But a lot of people are actually thinking of, uh, of they think they're going to be still living in their house. Their house is going to be paid off and uh, automatically um, passive income is gonna show up because they own the house and it's paid off and uh, you know they're gonna be fine. But owning a house, even if it's paid off, doesn't mean it's free. I mean, you still have to pay taxes, you still have to pay insurance, you still have to pay for repairs and all of that. And so that's taking money away from uh, your living expenses. And uh, it's fine if you have if you have sufficient passive income or a, a means of uh, of getting um, that income at retirement, then you're fine. You don't have to worry about it. Um, but if you uh, you think you might be falling short, uh, it is a good time. Uh, the earlier, the better uh, to uh, start thinking about it and really start thinking about the mechanics of if you have a house at retirement. So what uh, what happened? How is that going to work out? How is that house? How is the equity in the house going to help me provide uh, or provide for me some uh, some passive income, right, for retirement? Uh, especially when you combine that to uh, you know some of the things that we hear in the news, some of the statistics about the median savings for people in their forties. It's about sixty thousand dollars. This is how much they have saved up right now. For the people in their 50s, only like 15, 17 years from retirement, they have saved, uh, the median have saved about $120,000. That's not not a lot. Obviously, that's not enough if you're planning to retire. And um, typically, the average is going to be around 20, 25 years that you're going to be retiring. That's not a lot of saving. I mean, I I don't need to do any kind of a big calculation to figure that out with $120,000. thousand dollars you're not gonna go far so how much do you need for retirement I mean this is always the question and uh, so that you know that you are and I'm just gonna give you some ballpark uh, numbers some quick rule of thumb to figure out the you know this is if you're okay and if you're you need to really think about it so but if you're so if you're between 45 and 55 uh, and then you're single then you take your annual, uh, the annual income that you desire at retirement, and then you multiply that by 10. And that's going to give you uh, the amount of money that you need at retirement to basically live um, the way that you want. Uh, If you're married, assume 12 times the annual income at retirement. So just because it's going to provide for you as well as for your surviving spouse. so if you fall short of that, you really need to think about you think need to think about it. If you're well above that, if you're already uh, on track to cover that and and even more, then I think you know you're going to be fine. You don't have to worry about it. But if you fall short of that, like most American, 
you need to figure something out. And my point here is that the earlier you start, the more options you have. And, um, and I think a lot of people are burying their head in the sand thinking that oh, everything is going to be fine. I have a lot of equity in the house. But I want you to really, I want to, you to start thinking about that. And what does that mean exactly? And how are you going to use the equity in the house when you are at retirement? Because the options are limited. So if at retirement, basically, uh, you, you have one option, you have your equity in the house, you're 67 years old, let's say. So what are the options? The options are reverse mortgage. Um, so that basically, you basically kind of, uh, take a, they basically give you, take a lien on the house and then they give you monthly payment uh, for basically for the house, the equity in the house. The problem with that is that now they own the house. At your death, they, the, that company owns the house. Uh, so there's no legacy for your children at that point, And that might be fine. Um, but the, the trick is, is that not people, many people talk about that, but there are a lot of rules and a lot of conditions, um, that the, these companies are putting on you, the owner retiree to make sure that you keep your house. Um, so you can lose your house fairly simply uh, by not keeping it in good condition. If, uh, it falls into disrepair, uh, they may request you to do certain repairs in the house. You know, you, you know, you, you may not have the money to make these repairs. So how are you going to handle that when you're 67 or 75 years old? And then they ask you that hey, you need to update your kitchen or your bathroom or change the roof and stuff like that. So this is going to be money that's going to have to come from somewhere. And uh, if you can't afford these repairs, then they may take the house uh, from you at that point. And then you're 75 years old and then you have to find a place to live. Um, you also have to live in your house. So if you're sick and all of a sudden you have to move into a home, a retirement home, or you have you want to move with your children, or you decide to move somewhere else and you want to you cannot rent your house to somebody else either. So if you you need to you must live in your house in order for you to um, to receive these payments. If not, then you can lose your house. So they, they can take the house from you at that point. So it's not ideal um, to, uh, the reverse mortgage is not really ideal for me. Uh, I just think that there are better options out there as long as you start early. Because at retirement, so let's say again, let's go back to you're 67 years old. The other option then is, uh, is really to sell your home. So that's, that's going to be your, less, your, your most, uh, your only other option really. So, and, uh, and most people that I talk to, again, they assume that they're going to live in their home at retirement. So, they, you know, they work hard to pay for that house and then uh, they renovated the way they liked it 10 years ago and, um, and they want to enjoy it. So, <clears throat> so if that was your plan and all of that, then at retirement, you may find yourself that you have to bridge a financial gap and you may be forced to sell your house. So that to me, that's mind blowing that that's why you need to think about this uh, up front and make sure that you have what it needs. If you're planning to keep your house, make sure that you have what it needs to uh, what you need to in order to, um, to continue living in it. Um, so, you know, it's, it's important to think ahead, basically. And then uh, at that time, when you're 67 years old, I don't know what the real estate market will be like at 67 years old when you need you, you're forced to sell your house. 
it may not be a favorable market you may not need the uh, you may not uh, get the money that you would get uh, at a different time again thinking ahead really helps with that also you may have to do uh, your house may not be in the taste of um, at the time when you sell the house at, um, so you may have to do some renovations before you sell your house and get the maximum value uh, the best price that you can for your house so these are all kinds of things and at that time you may not have the money to that's why you're selling your house you don't have the money and now you find yourself that i have to get money rehab the house to basically get the best price that i can so again thinking early uh, gives you a lot more options and um, because you can leverage the equity of the house to do all kinds of other investment and you still have time to pay pay back that uh, how you leverage the house the loan on the house and all that kind of stuff so so at retirement um, you can use so what you sell your house and then you can use a couple of methods really to convert that equity that money into uh, passive income into a stream of, uh, of income the first one is the drip method and so basically you invest that money uh, into a low risk investment vehicle like bonds and then uh, you extract a portion of the profits or the proceeds um, at a regular regular interval right so without touching the principal um, so there are a couple of problems with that because these low risk uh, vehicle typically have also a low return so if you invest in a bond then maybe you're going to get one or two percent or maybe three percent if you're lucky um, return on that on your money and then you would extract from that uh, less than the, the returns that you're making so if you're making two percent then maybe you want to extract from your profit like one one point five percent of your um, of the, your initial your principal right so let's say you have uh, as an example you put a million dollars in bonds you get two percent um, interest so you make twenty thousand dollars in profit then um, you would basically take extract fifteen thousand dollars a year as living expense for you as living expenses so this is what you would get so the other five thousand dollars would kind of stay with the uh, add to the principal and then you can continue then to extract that way that would afford maybe a little bit of coverage for the for the inflation and um, an increase in the cost of living and stuff like that but even that that's not gonna that may not be sufficient to um to cover the the, the additional cost of living expenses so you may end up in a later year uh, to not take basically the full profit plus also uh, take some of the principles off uh, so the drip method kind of uh, it kind of works uh, but it's um you know it is there's a little bit of a risk and then there's a little bit of uh but it's also the returns are not that great and i think there are better ways there are better returns out there that are pretty low risk that you uh, you can look at um, but these are the kind of th and we're going to talk about that a little bit later the other option is to take the proceeds and convert it into an annuity so i'm not a big fan of annuity i think annuity is a big uh is great for is a great in the accumulation vehicle uh if you wish but it's not a great distribution vehicle because you're not getting really 
very good returns on your money. And I think you can get you you can get better returns somewhere else. And that's that's kind of my point here. Uh, there are a lot of problems there. They have a lot of fees on annuities. It's uh, it's like a little bit like mutual funds. Lots of fees. There's also an initial commission that's pretty high as well. So even if you have a million dollars, then not everything gets converted into the annuity. Um, so you kind of have like a, a percentage that's taken off um, uh, at the beginning. Also, no legacy unless you choose uh, some uh, what they call annuity certain when you're certain to get a certain number of years or uh, or uh, the full payment, at least the minimum payment of premium that you you uh, put forward for the annuity. Um, if you just take the straight annuity, then all the money basically is transferred to the insurance company and there's no guarantee that uh, that you would get the amount of money that uh, that you paid for so if you put a million dollars to the uh, insurance company uh, they give you uh, a monthly payment and if after a couple of months you die you pass away then the annuity payment stop unless you uh, you elect some of these additional options um, so, if, but if you do elect these options, then your monthly payment are kind of knocked down to pay for that additional kind of uh, election or that, that, that additional security on, on your annuity. So there's a lot of options, but every time that means that your monthly, uh, your monthly incomes are, uh, income is decreasing. So Typically, no legacy unless you take some kind of annuity certain that ensures that you're gonna you're gonna be paid back a certain amount. There's a minimum payout from the insurance, uh, and then if you want to have uh, survivorship, then again this knocks down the uh, the amount that you're gonna get per month in order to pay for your surviving spouse. If you want to have inflation or in some kind of indexation index uh, fund, then you're gonna it's also gonna knock down your uh, your annuity. And the, uh, so if you continue like this in that way, you, may, you will end up with uh, an annuity that's going to pay out about between, you know, about 3%. It depends on, uh, this is a lot of factors, obviously, but, um, you know, you can look at about 3 4% of, um, of uh, the amount of, that you paid in annuity. So if you paid a million dollars, then you would get about, you may just say like 3 4 maybe 5%. Uh, fifty thousand uh, dollars a year from that annuity so it's better than the drip method uh, but it is not uh, you know it is not it is good return but there are other options out there that are more more viable I think but these options in my opinion are not something that you would do when you are 67 and it's time it's at retirement um, so that's why I'm thinking that if you plan ahead, if you're really thinking about your retirement ahead of time, then it opens up some other options. Uh, to me, these two options, the, the selling your house and using the drip method or the annuity or you know, the reverse mortgage if you're really stuck. So these, these options are really the only thing that you have at retirement at 67 years old. Uh, but if you plan ahead, then it opens up a, a whole bunch of new uh, ways of, uh, of getting to uh, securing enough passive income at retirement to uh, live um, and enjoy retirement. So the first one is private money lending. So technically, yes, you could do that at 67 years old. Uh, 
but uh, and start there. But uh, there are a couple of reasons why I don't think. Um, so first of all, let me explain what private money lending is. Um, so basically, you are the bank as a private money lender. You become kind of like a, a little bit of a bank, and you act like a bank, and you provide funds to uh, another investor. So there are many real estate investors that are looking for fund. They're looking for cash for their project, and then you would basically, as a private money lender lend the the funds needed to the in the to the investors for them to complete the project uh, the nice thing about it is that it's secured by real estate so you want to make sure that you have a lien position first lien position on the property and then um, you would get monthly interest payment from that uh, from the investor and then when the property sells or when the project is complete the investor will pay you back your principal at that point and prorated uh, int uh, interest payment as well. Uh, you can get like 8, 10, 12% uh, interest on, uh, on these kinds of loans. Uh, the reason why I don't think you can really start these kinds of things when you're 67 years old is that uh, it takes some time to learn a little bit the mechanics of being a private money lender um, and learn how to do it right. And it's also important to, uh, for you to make connection and have a network of investors, of reputable real estate investors that you can uh, invest with. Um, so that's why I think this is something that you want to do a little bit early, uh, a few years before retirement, so that you know that you, can, uh, you have the right network, you have the right process and all of that for, uh, for being a private money lender. Um, it might be a little bit risky when you're 67 years old and you know you want to get started in that. It's possible, but you know it takes a little bit of ramping up, and um, but that's an, that's definitely an option. Uh, the other option is rental property, and this the rental property you want to start as early as you possibly can. So this is a time-tested uh, way to generate passive income. Uh, for yourself, it also uh, ensures that you have legacy for your children and grandchildren. Um, but um, you know the, the thing is that you need to start early and you can leverage the equity of your house to really get into the rental property. It gives you a lot as you're working and as you're getting uh, your W-2, uh, the rental property also gives you a lot of tax benefits. So it actually reduces your tax uh, liability that can then help you uh, can, uh, build your, um, your passive income a little bit faster. So these are all great advantages uh, for the rental property. Uh, you need to have the right temperament uh, in order to do that. Uh, you need to find the right property manager. You need to find the right contractor maybe. You need to find the right market. Um, and uh, you need to find the right financing. So there's a lot of different components that uh, you need to figure out. And um, so that's why I'm thinking this is not something that you want to start at retirement. Uh, you may have to if you want, but it's, it, you want to start it as early as possible. You're going to gain a lot of benefit. You may want to start very small, even with single family rental. Um, you know, with as little as $20,000, you can buy a single family rental that's going to give you $200 or $250 uh, in positive cash flow. And if it's in the right market, and it's going to have a property manager in place and all of that. So this is something worth uh, worth looking at and start building that rental uh, property portfolio, uh, so that at retirement 
then you will be able to have uh, and enjoy retirement and have sufficient passive income um, to enjoy it. So, so this is um, yeah, this is why I wanted to talk to you uh, today uh, and to make sure that you know if you're thinking that your house is uh, is part of your retirement plan, then I would really uh, ask you to. Uh, think about exactly what's going to happen at retirement what do you think is going to happen at retirement because you think about how all the different options that you can have if you start early you have way more options to leverage the equity in your house and whatnot to make sure that you have enough passive income at retirement if you wait too long you're really reducing the options that you have at retirement and the options are not that great at that time so if you have any questions, if you have any comments, uh, feel free to contact me. And um, I'll do it soon. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Break Away from the Rat Race with your host, Eric Martel. If you want to share your story and experience with our listeners, please message us on Facebook at Break Away from the Rat Race. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes.